Welcome to Stories from 400 Feet, the podcast that gives you the inside story on what is happening in the drone industry, from the everyday to the not-so-everyday events that define this industry and push it forward. If a drone flies, we'll be there. Hi, I'm Danielle Gandhi, Chief Storyteller for Volatis Aerospace, and today I am joined by Troy Hiddle. Managing Director for North America at Elastair. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Danielle. And hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Happy to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about what Elastair does and how you got started? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm fairly new at Elastair. Happy to join this team. I've I've been there now a little over a month. It was very exciting to, to come in and see where Tether is facing the industry right now. Primarily, I'm running the North American operations. The team in France is roughly around 50 people. Elastair is in their eighth year. So in this point, you know, it's important that we grow our presence in the U.S. So we're going to do that with uh, Tethered Powered Solutions. Tethered Solutions is an often overlooked conversation. And I think it's such a, a brilliant idea when you're talking about stationary applications that you just need it 24-7. Can you talk about some of those applications? Yeah, absolutely. And to your first comment, I totally agree. I've been in this space a little over 12 years now, and it was something that that was really prominent in the beginning when people were figuring out drone and wanting to do maybe longer inspections or just stay up in the air to do longer data collection, if you will. Um, and I think now, this is just my little theory, that after years of drone use, People are understanding the applications more thoroughly and kind of coming back to, hey, I may just need this to be captive and stay in one space because I need longer flight time. I need to stay on station more. So I think that's why we're seeing an uptick of requirements. And I've been on that hunt lately, and it's been very, very satisfying to hear. And when I ask people, hey, are you getting requirements for Tether? They kind of look at the corner of the of the room and go, you know what? Actually, yes, we are starting to get some more of that. So Exciting time on that. Application-wise, if you think about what would you do with a mobile pole is one way of thinking about this. Of course, there's the, the Overwatch application. Right. So um, Elastair made some big splashes that, that some may know. But if you don't, um, the Super Bowl was covered with an Elastair system. So was the Ryder Cup. So that gives you kind of an idea of large event Overwatch for security. It keeps us safe. Um, and then also traffic monitoring has has come about and been going on for a while actually and we partner with uh with another AI company that that allows you to overlay their data on the video you're watching so you can get good ideas of traffic flow in between speed zones and those types of things so that's one application um the other thing to think about it's is you can get pretty creative now that we're going to be up for a 24 hour flight so the best way i can think of it is um, if I'm using a, a, a payload to see something, I'm going to say that's my eyes. But now I think you could use something that's more of the nose sense, the ears, meaning I could be listening for, I could be interrogating for cell phone signals if I was in an area that shouldn't be those. That's more of a DOD application. But yeah, we like to take a, an open approach flowing into broadening applications that if somebody has a payload that they'd like to integrate with us, that's something that that we're able to do. When I originally joined, I'd asked a few people, are we a tether company or are we a drone company? And the answer roughly was yes. And I'll expand on that in that if you have a drone of your own, 
right? And you want that to be tethered. We do make air modules to integrate with platforms. We're integrated with roughly 25 different platforms. If we're not integrated with your platform, then we can have that discussion. That's something that we can obviously get done, right? But right off the shelf, we, we have around 25 of the more commonly used drones, right? Um, so it's, it's kind of cool to take what you already have and make it half the investment usually of what you originally paid. And you've added a completely different mission set, which would be persistent overwatch. Now, if you said, Troy, I don't have a drone and I can't find what I want on the commercial market, then I would walk you over to maybe the Orion 2, which is the drone that we do make. And again, that's, you know, more towards DOD, but we do have PDs, police departments, and others that like that application as an end-to-end. -end. So I can sell you the tether and I can sell you the drone and I can sell you two types of tethers. One that's 330 feet, one that's 230 feet, different cost points, of, of course. So I just wanted to give everybody that understanding that we're agnostic in many ways and we can be sticky in many ways, meaning we have a solution for you. Um, and we can also advise you, you know, to what's the best, you know, tool for you as experts in our fields. It's so great to see tethered solutions getting adopted, coming back around, and for those to be evolving as well. Mm -hmm. What do you see the future for the drone industry? For the drone industry in general, I think the most common suspect in that topic is, you know, going to be regulations. But for those that don't know, or maybe it hasn't been hit in other podcasts, we need to obviously figure out um, how to integrate this into national airspace below 400 feet. Um, you know, there are some you know, exceptions with part 135 holders that can fly up, you know, to I think around 1200 feet or so, but mainly talking about that corridor below 400 feet. And there are some really neat solutions out there. Um, not trying to throw a shameless plug, but you have companies like airspace link, for instance, just for reference, if people want to check out what I'm saying there that are figuring out the digital highway, right? Of course, we're talking about a moving drone now. And I know that Ellis there, we're talking more of a captive state, but back to the industry full vision, you know, Maybe drones are, are going to be used as repeaters. That's an application I didn't mention earlier, but maybe there's a, a, a gap in signal that a, a static drone or a captive drone um, could help cover a gap for resolution, if you will, situational awareness, if you will, of that digital highway. So before I took off, I was able to make all my safety checks and push go on the drone. And I'm mostly sure that I'm going to have a, a very smooth flight. And so that's how drones can work together. But back to the industry, we obviously we need to open up those guys and, and we need to figure out how to do that safely. This whole industry is a safety case at the end of the day. Right. Um, and that's a big signature for somebody to write down and say, we are going to go fly. So I'm excited to, you know, see how that's all going to evolve and what technologies are, are going to work in concert to make that happen. Um, what that looks like, I could uh, go on and on in different creative spaces. Is it is it going to be ground-based detect and avoid that's broadcasting upwards so that, that my airspace stays clear? Because I think we all understand um, that broadcasting our position in the air is, going to, is not going to be a feasible solution because it's going to be very noisy with everybody broadcasting. So it'll be interesting to see the cooperative and non-cooperative sensors working together to ensure that we have smooth travels there. And I do see a great opportunity for Elastair to be able to provide any of those types of creative solutions that we may, may need or use. And two follow-ons. Um, the first one is a really great point about the fact that tethered drones can be a really great solution to help with connectivity. You place it out there, you use it to bridge that gap and to monitor that gap. It just makes a lot of sense. Yep. That's just more of a statement. My second question is, how does a tethered drone 
fit into the the regulatory framework right now? And I ask that because I'm sure people on this podcast might not know the answer to that. That's a great question. In fact, you know, Tether had never really been um, a part of my journey over the last 12 years, other than seeing like aerostats in Afghanistan and that type of thing. So I wasn't sure either. That's why I'm mentioning that. But the short answer is that you still need a part 107 to fly a drone commercially. Awesome. Thank you for clarifying that. And hopefully we'll see that grow as people start to understand where they can be used. Thank you so much for joining me today. Any last thoughts or how can people contact you if they're interested in talking more about Tethered Solutions? Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak to you and your followers here. And if anybody would like to get in touch with us, very simple through the website at lstair.com, www.lstair.com. Very informative website, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, reach out through us to us through there and put in a request for information if you'd like anything. We have a U.S. team, so we're easily accessible. And again, thank you for everybody's attention. It's a pleasure having you on the show.